Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. everyone this is Cynthia Smalls we're back to God Ministries how is everyone doing today I pray that all is well in your lives that no matter what is going on in these streets no matter what is going on in this world that we are remaining faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and we await his coming amen amen so I just like to say this what I love about the word of God is that If you want to find drama, you want to find family intrigue, you don't need to go to the world to seek those things out. You can find it right here in the Word of God. It will keep you, one, entertained, two, highly encouraged, and three, it provides salvation for our souls. How? Through the Word of God, through His Holy Spirit, and through the messages and all of those positive spiritual things. Also, you can also find out some family drama. Let me just say this, okay. God has a love affair with Israel, and he has a love affair with his church through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm studying, actually, The way how I study sometimes, I study some scriptures over in the New Testament, and then I go over to the Old Testament, you know, and lo and behold, I always find a connection. Okay, so here we go. We all know Israel's story, right? They can't seem to get it right. They keep running after them idols. No matter how many times God the Father tell them, look, listen, I am not playing with y'all. Y'all going to have to put down these idols and stop running to all of these kings of the earth for your salvation or for your help or for your need. I'm your God. But of course, Israel never listens. So what ends up happening is there is some family drama. So let's get into it. Okay, I am going to start with Hosea. In the book of Hosea, just like with all the prophets, God has sent his prophets again and again, day after day, to his children. But they never listen. So, look at this. Okay. And I found a correlation, if you will, with how God loves Israel and how he loves the church. And how we, okay, um... The pagans, the the Greeks, the uh, Gentiles got sucked into this family drama. I'm glad, okay, because obviously out of that came our, our salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. But 
let's look into some family drama. Okay, so we're going to go to Hosea 5, chapters 1 through 15. And I'm going to have to read all of that so we can understand, one, about Israel's disobedience and God's judgment against them. Okay, because what ended up happening was that God said, you know what? I'm out of here because since you all don't want to stop sinning and since you all can't seem to stop running after these idols, well, you know what? I'll go. Okay. Now, not only that, but before I go, I'm going to scatter you all throughout the world. Okay. So now look, let's see. Isaiah five, not Isaiah, Hosea. Okay. So look, here we go. Now, this is the judgment against Israel. Hear this, you priests. Pay attention, you Israelites. Listen, O royal house. This judgment is against you. You have been a snare at Mizpah, a net spread out, a net spread out on Tabor. The rebels are deep in slaughter. I will discipline all of them. I know all about Ephraim which is actually Israel. You know, sometimes God refers to Israel as Ephraim, okay? So, verse 3, I know all about Ephraim. Israel is not hidden from me. Ephraim, you have now turned to prostitution. Israel is corrupt. Yeah, they sunk real low, huh? Verse 4, their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. Israel arrogance testifies against them. The Israelites, even Ephraim, stumble in their sin. Judah also stumbles with them. When they go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. Okay, so as we can see, God has been telling Israel, been telling Jerusalem, been telling Judah, listen, if you all don't put down them idols, if you all will stop breaking this covenant that I made with your forefathers, I am going to scatter you throughout the world. I am going to lay uh, Jerusalem as a desolate land. And not only that, I'm going back home, okay? I'm going I'm to I'm take my marbles and I'm out of here because why time after time I'm talking to you all and you all are not listening to me. So maybe if I withdraw myself, okay, and then maybe you all will return to me. But for right now, I'm out of here, okay? So this is what's happening. So let's continue. Let's see. Let me jump over to verse 9. Now, we are reading out of Hosea chapter 5, verse 9. Okay. And this is all leading up to why God has withdrawn himself from Israel and how we, the church, got pulled into all of this. Right? Okay. Which is good. Don't get me wrong. But nonetheless, talk about family drama. Okay, so here we go. Verse 9. Ephraim will be laid waste on the day of reckoning. Among the tribes of Israel, I proclaim what is certain. Judah's leaders are, are Judah. 
excuse me, Judah leaders are like those who move boundary stones. I will pour out my wrath on them like a flood of water. Ephraim is oppressed, trampled in judgment, intent on pursuing idols. I am like a moth to Ephraim, like rot to the people of Judah. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah his sores, then Ephraim turned to Assyria. Because see, there they go. Every time they get into some trouble, instead of turning to God, here they go after mere men, okay, the king of Assyria, and sent to the great king for help, seeking other people outside of God for help. It's not going to work out. But he is not able to cure you, not able to heal your sores. For I will be like a lion to Ephraim, like a great lion to Judah. I will tear them to pieces and go away. <laughs> the Lord ain't playing, okay? I will carry them off with no one to rescue them. Then I will go back to my place until they admit their guilt. And they will seek my face in their misery. Oh, they will seek me earnestly. Yeah, I can understand that. Okay, so now look. We are going to now jump over to chapter 6 because I need to give you all the full background, the full backstory. Because it's not just, you know, they sin once or twice and then God was like, you know what, I'm out of here. No, this has been an ongoing journey ever since he brought them up out of Egypt when he brought them through that desert for 40 years all they did was grumble and mumble and complain. They was never satisfied. Okay, one may say, okay, well, since they had been in Egypt, right, under slavery for about 430 years, a lot of that generation never knew nothing but pagan worship, okay? So, Nonetheless, okay, when Moses gave them the law and they agreed to it, okay, so it wasn't like God just threw these 613 laws at them and, and told them to do it. No, they said yes to the agreement. So a covenant was made based on what God says that if you do this, I will bless you. If not, these curses will come upon you. So they knew full well what they were getting into. And because of their love for God, right, having brought them out of Egypt, they agreed to this. Okay, so so God is saying this whole time, wait a minute, hold on a minute. We have an agreement now, okay? I'm not going to force you to do anything, but I'm just saying we have made a blood covenant, right? Okay, so now look. Let's see, chapter six, okay? And here we go, talking about how Israel is still being unrepentant. Verse one, come, let us return to the Lord. Let me just say this. Sometimes Israel does have moments of clarity when they realize, you know what? <laughs> All this chasing at the idols, all this seeking help from these mere men kings, okay? We need to return to the Lord, which is a good thing, obviously. But how many times are you all going to take the Father through these changes? Because think about it, right? In the natural, 
let's say if you have a spouse or a boyfriend or what have you, and they consistently cheat on you and they keep coming back with promises. Oh, babe, I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And we keep forgiving them time after time again. It's only going to get to a certain point when we're like, wait a minute. I heard this before, okay? And so likewise, and likewise, this is what Israel has been doing and has been known to do, right? <clears throat> so here we go. And this is them in one of their moments of clarity. But will it be too late though? The drama, I'm telling you. Okay, so here we go. Chapter 6, verse 1 of um, Hosea. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. Here we go again. Here we go. But he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind us up. But he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. Oh, oh you think so, huh? Okay. So, um, he's the, they says after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. And surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains. Like the spring rains that water that water the earth, verse four. Here's the Lord. The Lord is like, here we go again. Jesus, Holy Spirit, look, here they go again. Now, mind you, they are pretty confident, right? Because in in times past, this is what happened. They sin. They come to God for forgiveness and he forgive them, right? And here we go again. So now the Lord is like, look, what can I do with you, Ephraim? <laughs> what can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. You know, he's like, one day you love me, then you don't. One day you don't love me, then you do. I can't trust you. I can't trust your words, right? So verse 5, therefore, okay, because he's like, I'm not going back and forth with you on this again. He says that, therefore, I will cut you in pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. My judgments flash like lightning upon you, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Like Adam, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me there. Okay, so now we're going to jump over to uh, chapter 7. Again, this is letting us know what it was that caused God to retrieve himself. Okay, verse 11 of chapter 7. Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless. Now calling to Egypt, now turning to Assyria. I'm telling you. You can't keep doing it to the Lord. After a while, he has had enough. Now look, let's go over to chapter 9. Again, punishment for Israel. The days of punishment are coming. The days of reckoning are at hand. Okay, let's go over to verse 15 of chapter 9. And so here we go. Because of all their wickedness in Gilgal, I hated them there. Because of their sinful deeds, I will drive them out of my house I will no longer love them. <sighs> okay. So there we go. And so now look. The Lord is like, look, listen, okay. I'm not coming back. 
No, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back until you all admit and confess your confess your guilt, right? Okay, because even the Lord Jesus said the same thing. You know, how many times are you going to keep saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and doing the same thing? And likewise today, that's why when we repent, we have to mean it and stop sinning. We can't keep coming back to God talking about, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, I won't do it again. And then a day, a month later, here we go back at the same thing, right? So Israel is always an example for us in the church of what not to do. That's why we look to Israel. That's why I'm always going back between the Old Testament and the New where God's wrath is concerned because we see it all here. Israel is the blueprint for if you don't stop sinning, God is going to pull away from y'all, right? Okay, so look, even Lord Jesus got involved in this, okay? In Matthew 23, 39, uh, actually starting at 37, he says this about Israel. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house has left you, has left you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So there you go. Jesus is like, look, listen, okay. I have had enough. I'm going, I'm going back to my place. Okay. I'm cutting myself off. I'm withdrawing from you all. And to this very day, God has nothing to do with Israel. Why? Even the Jews that are living currently today in the year 2020 in Israel, whatever religious ceremonies that they are doing, you know, God is not part of that, right? Because first of all, he has put an end to the law, right? Okay. Through the new covenant, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he shed his blood, right? And made atonement for sin. The law and the animal sacrifices, that was all done and dealt with. But because Jew, um, um, the Jews back in Jesus' time, in Jesus' day, did not recognize him as their Messiah. So all across the board, Israel, y'all got to pull this together. Because Jesus said, look, listen, I'm not coming back to you all until you make this statement. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Jews have not said that to this day. So God is not in that relationship with them anymore. So anyway, this is now where we come into play. Okay, because we sitting over here as pagans doing our little pagan trees and our idol worshipers. And um, and we um, with all this philosophy and philosophers, we over there and in Greece just hanging out, you know, just doing our own sinful thing. And lo and behold, here comes Paul with the message of Jesus Christ. So let's run over real quick to what? Romans 11. Okay. Because this is how we got caught up in the family drama. Hold on. Let me see. Where we at? Romans 11. Get over here real quick. So now look. Like I said, we over here Gentiles just sending up a storm, you know, on our way to hell. And... Here comes the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so chapter 11 of Romans, verse 1. I ask then, okay, talking about the remnant of Israel, 
Did God, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham. So, of course, we all know this is Paul speaking from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn and torn down your altar. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what has God and what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself seven thousand who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by my grace. So it's not all lost for Israel, but nonetheless, unless they say, blessed is he who come in, in the name of the Lord, that relationship is not going to be restored. Okay, so now this is where we come in. Okay, verse 11, the grafted in branches. Again, I ask, did they stumble so far? Um, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. So here we we are caught up in the family drama again, again, again. I am so glad, you know what I mean? But here we go. So to make Israel jealous, verse 12, but if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches, how much greater riches will their fullness bring? I am talking to you Gentiles and as much as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I make much of my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So, like I said, the family drama, here we are. Do I dare say pawns? Are we pawns in all this family infighting that God the Father and, and, and Israel are going through? So, because Israel did not want to get their act together. God said, you know what? I got a whole other sheep. Matter of fact, let me just turn to that real quick, John, John, before I run out of time. Because Jesus says that, you know, even though, you know, I wanted to grab Israel, I wanted to love them, but no, they didn't want to have any parts of me. Okay, look. Then he says, what time is it? Okay, look. John, John, verse 16, and this is Jesus talking. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. I'm talking about his church, his bride, us, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. So Jesus already knows that, you know, Israel is not going to get their act together. So he's, he's going to send Paul, the apostles to the uh, Gentiles to let us in on this wonderful salvation plan, you know, and okay, so be it if and I don't want to say, you know, being used in this fight, but I, I'll take it. I mean, amen. I'll, I'll take being a pawn. Okay. But we can see that 
God still has a love for Israel. He is not going to just totally just give up on them. But for right now, oh, they're going to pay a lesson. Um, they, they are going to pay the price. And not only that, they still got that seven-year tribulation that <laughs> that God ain't, ain't done with Israel. But in the meantime, we have been sandwiched in until this this end fighting but god loves us he loves israel and one day we're all going to be together because if we go to revelation 21 and i'm going to end it there i just wanted us to see what this whole family drama was all about because at the end of the day this is what's going to happen anyhow right then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away and there were no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be their God and he will be with them. Verse 14, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. So if Israel's disobedience and they're not putting down them idols. Got us in into the kingdom. I'll take it. Won't you? I'll take that. I'll take it. So look. So God's love affair with Israel. And his love affair with us. I don't care how we are getting into this. Okay. And Paul also as an as a exhortation said. Now listen. You know, God has brought us in, yes, and he has grafted us in, but let's not get it twisted because just like how he cut off Israel, right? If we don't get our act together, God ain't playing with us either because if your name is not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life, guess what? You ain't getting into the kingdom, my friend. So there we go. I just wanted to share that with you all because as I study the word, I see a lot of drama. I see a lot of high times in there. You know, I don't need to turn on reality TV. Okay. I can turn right here to the word and get some godly drama, if you will. And with that, I'll let you go. I, I encourage you, you know, go on and read it for yourself, you know, and read all the backstory or all, all the all the entry or the anger or the adultery as far as, you know, cheating on God with these idols, running to these other kings of Assyria and to Egypt for help, you know, instead of having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ or, oh, well, Jesus was on the scene then. Anywho, God the Father is always there and Jesus was there. You know, he just hadn't appeared to them as of yet. But nonetheless, come on, Israel, you know, and that's why God said, you know, to pray for Israel, you know, because there is going to be a remnant, you know, and and them and us, we're going to usher into the kingdom with the Lord Jesus Christ and then on to eternity with God the Father, going to be one king, one God, one Jesus, one Holy Spirit, one big happy family no more fighting, no more being disobedient. It, it, it's, it's, it's going to be great. I can't wait. I'm telling you, I can't wait to shed this bodysuit. But for the time being, I will be here doing what the Lord called me to do. And that's teaching you all what I learned and 
And I pray that whatever you learn, you will share it among the brethren as well. So with that, I'll let y'all go. Be safe out here in these streets, no matter what. Jesus is on the throne, and he's coming back to take us there with him. Amen? Amen. Until next time, Lord willing, bye for now. Thank you.